with the man who's with an alpha female and she's the one who's in charge and he doesn't think that there's anything maybe wrong with it or she doesn't, I would say that if he was able to feel what it feels like to be with still an alpha woman, but one who embodies feminine warmth, it quite literally compels him to be more masculine. What's up, babe? Welcome to Boldly Courageous, a podcast created for you, the ambitious woman who is ready to take action and step fully into the life you've always dreamed of. I'm your host, Melissa Martin, and each week I will be your virtual wingwoman as you gain the tools and confidence to face your fears head on. The time is now, and this is your permission slip to live your boldly courageous life. Are you ready, babe? Let's do this. Welcome back to the Boldly Courageous Podcast. Today's episode, I had the pleasure of interviewing Jessica Scott, who is a relationship coach for the Alpha Woman. I connected with Jessica through the power of social media. I saw a friend of mine hosting a masterclass with her, and I'm like, who is this woman? And I started following her on Instagram, and I was blown away by the message that she was sharing and the ways in which she shows up both online and in her stories and the relationship dynamics that she has with her partner. And I had never really resonated or even thought about this term alpha female or alpha woman until I started to really feel into her message. And I'm like, wow, this resonates. And I knew that so many of the men that are here are in relationship with alpha women or want to be in a relationship with an alpha woman. And I know that a lot of the women that listen identify as an alpha woman or maybe operate as an alpha woman. And sometimes in relationships, when two alphas come together, an alpha man and an alpha woman, it can be really a a very challenging dynamic. And I didn't really understand or have a way to kind of like put some tangible like understanding behind this until Jessica and I actually got a chance to talk. So I knew I wanted to have her on the podcast. And this episode is such an eye-opening episode for both men and women to really understand the dynamics of masculine, feminine energy, the roles that we play in relationship and really the importance of ladies, like really the importance of letting your man lead and what that looks like. And so we talk a lot about just like layers of warmth that women can bring to the table, how, you know, you can still be an independent woman in everyday life, but how that dynamic shifts when you show up in a relationship, different word choices you can use, ways to tap into your body and how to actually operate from a place of co-creation when it comes to thinking and feeling in the context of your partnership. So such a powerful, powerful episode. And it's given me so much insight into the ways that I show up in relationships, both platonically and romantically, and really where I can take ownership for my ability to let the men in my life lead from a place of empowerment, not from a place of feeling meek or disempowered. Um, So I think you're going to love it. And a little bit more about Jessica. After years of identifying as Miss Independent and leading pretty much everything in her life, she realized that deep down she wanted a relationship with a man that was capable of leading her. She knows it sounds shocking, an alpha woman wanting to be led, but it's not really. Jessica says this is the juiciest secret of so many strong independent women. They want to be led. And in Jessica's journey to get the relationship she's always wanted, she has discovered the five layers of warmth 
and now teaches women how to embody their feminine warmth to get the relationship they've always wanted while still crushing it in their careers. Jessica is a mother to her seven-year-old daughter, Scarlett, and the lover of her life, Rick. They've been together for almost five years, and through her femininity and embodiment journey, their relationship went from good to out of this world. I'm so excited for you to hear this conversation with Jessica. Let's dive in. Okay, Jessica, I'm so pumped for this conversation, mostly for myself because, hi, I'm, you know, relating so much to the content that you're sharing. And I know that so many men and women are going to get a lot of permission to, and just like permission and also like resources from the value that you're going to share. And what I love about you and what I appreciate about you is that you embody this like divine essence. Like it really does radiate through your content and the way you carry yourself, but you're also like this alpha badass bitch at the same time. Like you, so, and this is such a beautiful like dynamic to be able to hold space in, in both of those areas. So thank you so much for being here and just sharing your life with us. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And yeah, the, the combination of both is I think what takes an alpha woman from being frustrated in her relationships. And when you're able to embody this warmth and femininity, you do radiate differently than when you have this kind of fake posturing that this strong and independence, this ultra independence, that's really celebrated and preached in our society. And there's, there's good reason for that, but when it's not balanced, you know, the pendulum swing all the way to one side is never usually a good thing. So Mm -hmm. that balance is what I've been after in my own journey. And now that I've arrived, I can't not share it with everyone. Mm, It is really about that pendulum swing. And we're going to definitely talk about that. So I start the podcast with the same question. I ask everyone every single time, what is one boldly courageous thing you've done recently? Oh, recently, I think it was knowing that I wanted to relationship coach. This is a new pivot, even though I've been doing it. And so it took a lot of courage to say, this is what I want to do and then come out and do it. So last year I was, you know, life coaching and helping women really find their voice and didn't really have a specific niche. And so I did an inventory of all the women that I helped last year. And I realized that a lot of them brought their partners, their husbands on, and it was such a beautiful dynamic. And it was so fun to be able to be in that arena with them also because of my relationship success. We've been together for five years, my partner, Rick and I, and that came after a really treacherous 12 year relationship that didn't work. Um, I'm not with the father of my daughter, Scarlett. She's seven. And I left him when she was about one. So I did the whole single mom have to be independent thing. And um, so having my relationship kind of be the impetus or catalyst for the work that I do has just been so rewarding and amazing. Mm, And it looks dreamy. Like you're in this beautiful home with this gorgeous light and this amazing man. And I love the way that you show up and share so much insight on your social media, because again, you, you, you show the example of what it looks like to be an embodied alpha woman. So can you share or define like, what is an alpha woman? Right. So an alpha woman for me and the women that I work with are those women that are comfortable in leadership. If there's a line, I'm going to be first in it. If there's someone that has to speak, I'm going to speak first. Um, Like I'm in a mastermind. I'm always talking first. I raise my hand first. I'm never afraid to ask questions, um, which is really bizarre because I actually was shy growing up. I was so super shy. 
But when I get in my own arena, I really love to shine. Um, I would rather speak to 10,000 people on stage than have small talk with someone. <laughs> so I'm really comfortable in leadership. And there's a lot of women that just love that. They thrive in that arena. And so my work is for that alpha woman who is large and in charge. She gets it done. She's a doer. She's comfortable with control. She always knows the answer. Actually, a lot of alpha women secretly admit to me that when they meet guys or in the relationships they've been in, even they have this like guilt or for thinking that they are smarter Mm -hmm. than their partner. And I've actually often thought that too, because I was the straight A student. I do get things very quickly. I am on this growth journey and I, I'm not just stagnant. And so I always have an answer. I always have something to contribute. And that's that alpha woman. And I love working with her because she, there's very specific things that she comes across in her relationships, intimate relationships, that someone who's a little bit more meek or demure just doesn't. And it doesn't mean that we're better. It's just different. Mm -hmm. And I hadn't really come across a lot of literature or books or podcasts for this woman who um, is so large and in charge and proud and all that in her career life. But here's the juicy secret. Most women that I talk to, actually, I've never come across one who hasn't. These alpha women, it doesn't matter if you're an eight-figure, seven-figure, six-figure earner, or just starting out, or even if you're an alpha woman who stays home with the kids, because there's some of those too, they all want to secretly, even if you haven't admitted it to yourself, took me a long time. So if you're not there, it's all right. Secretly, they want to be led by the man they're with. It's literally like this craving and it took me so long to be able to even muster up the words to be able to admit that to myself Mm -hmm. without it taking away from my self-image of strength, um, independence. And now I can say that, like, I need a man and I freaking love needing that man and I want him to lead me. And it makes me so much stronger than when I was, you know, posturing with this misindependent story. Mm. And I love that you brought up the misindependent story because what I'm hearing is there's a like rooted divine healed alpha and then there's also like the toxic feminine alpha that can come yeah. out as well. So could you share a little bit about those two different dynamics? Yeah, so in my work I talk about those being the armored alpha. So the armored alpha is one who does instead of boundaries she has walls. Instead of Mm -hmm. elegance, she has that commanding, like almost like a sharp tongue to her. Um, Not a a whole lot of honey there. So we've got the armored alpha on one hand, which I was at one point. So we're not, you know, no, 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 nothing bad about her, but there's just healing work that has to be done. And it's usually healing work regarding her heart. Mm -hmm. And so the other side that I've coined this term, the elegant alpha woman. And so when you go from armored and you do this internal work, you learn about warmth and these five layers and activating that in yourself, the very natural transition and the next step is for you to really radiate this elegance. And I've really experienced that in my life. Sometimes I'm like, who is this? But it's it's so funny because it feels so much more me than anything else ever has. Mm, I can totally feel like I can feel that in my body. Like and in the armored alpha, I can relate to her because 
what I hear, the way I receive it is it's maybe a little bit of fear of being vulnerable. Maybe there's some Mm -hmm. trauma or some past wounding. And so you do, you create this armor to protect yourself. And so how does that woman get to the place of being, you know, the healed alpha? Like what would be maybe the first step to even recognizing that you have this armor up as opposed to like a strong boundary, for example? Yeah. So I think the first thing, and this has been so healing for my one-to-one clients, um, for them to start to realize and to just admit like, yeah, that would be really nice to be led. Mm. Right. Sometimes we have this so deep down, it's like tucked away in the viscera, like the pockets that we're not even aware of. (laughs) And we're so, you know, just with our spear and our fork and our, like, we're going to battle trying with everything. I was, at least I was literally fighting against this natural propensity in myself to want to be led Mm. because of what I learned outside of myself, you know, like culturally, socially in my family, I was raised by a very strong mom. She kind of like wore the pants in the family. So all of these things that I was taking internally. And then if you have this little, just a little hint or a whisper of like, gosh, it would be really nice to be led by a man. That's not going to survive in this like world that expects you to be large and in charge and not need anyone and self-reliant, self-sufficient and all these things. So I would say the very first step is to um, really do a little bit of self-discovery and say, if you were in a healthy relationship, I'm not talking Mm. about I'm not talking about being controlled or abused or, you know, a doormat. No, like that's not, there's not even like an iota or a hint or a breath of that in my relationship. But if you were in a healthy relationship, would you feel good being held and cherished in a way that where your man was leading Mm. and his devotion to you was in such a true fashion that how he led was for your best interest? Does that sound good to you? Yeah. If it doesn't, (laughs) if it doesn't, then, you know, I'm not the person to follow and don't look at my work. If you're like, that sounds terrible. I want an emasculated man. I'm going to walk all over him. Great. (laughs) Go find that. I can't help you get that. Um, But if in your heart of hearts, when you're like being honest with yourself, you, you say, yeah, and that resonates. Then the next step is to say like, well, why, why don't I have that? Not in a, why don't I have that? But in a, let's just get curious in a compassionate way. What do we believe is blocking maybe the ability for a man who is embodied in that masculinity or even wants to be embodied in that leadership and devotion position? What in you is perhaps blocking that from coming into fruition in your life? Yeah, it is a dance, right? It's like whatever you, like your partners always mirror back to you, right? Some areas of opportunity and growth. So I'm hearing you say this over and over, like, let the man lead, like, let him take charge or let him lead. What would be some examples of that? Because in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, in my past relationship, I felt like I couldn't let him lead. Like I was the breadwinner. I was the decision maker. I ran the business. He didn't really want to participate in that. And so in our life, he would default to me for everything, like almost to the point where it felt like he was incapable and would ask me to do things that I'm like, you can do this yourself. Mm -hmm. And the default was, yeah, but you're better at it than I am. Mm. So how, like, what would be some examples for the alpha woman to see her man leading or allow him to lead? Yeah. Yeah. It's so interesting because it's not going to be, um, it's really in the, like the, the small little nuance, Mm -hmm. the, the things that you wouldn't even think that 
this is how it shows up. Mm. I'm not saying like, okay, it's going to be this huge wrecking ball that comes in. We're going to change this up. It's literally in the little things like, you know, when Rick is in the kitchen with me and he's chopping the onions and I'm like, everything in me, I know how to chop onions better because I was a waitress before. So like, this is how you chop onions. And like, I've seen them do this in the kitchen. So let me tell you, I've how five, how five-star steakhouses chop their onions for, you know, this balsamic reduction thing we're making over here. And it's just, it's emasculating, but like, I have so many good ideas and I'm an ideas person and I'm so comfortable in leadership and in my job I lead. So it is so hard for me to realize that I'm even doing it. It's not hard to stop doing it once you become aware of the pattern, but like, I, I'm like wanting to say about the freaking onions, but then here's where we have this interesting thing we can point out. I'm with this guy who runs two very successful businesses. He was 39 before we even met. And he's been on his own since he was 18, running huge crews. And he built houses. He built this house for us. So he's very, very, very smart and capable. Why do I think that I chose a man who can't chop onions or do anything? <laughs> right. So we, I've got this, like, I think that I'm amazing and I have a lot of confidence in myself, but clearly I don't have enough confidence in me choosing a partner who can chop onions. <laughs> the onions. It's so true. Oh my gosh. When you, and when you put it that way, it's like, yes. So it's really about like, almost like picking and choosing your battles, right? If it's a decision where you feel like, so I would imagine, and maybe you can help me with this you know, letting him lead in the ways where like, is it, is it important that I insert my opinion or my thought? Like, does it matter how the onions are chopped? Like, is it really going to make a difference? But when it comes to bigger decisions, like how you handle the finances or how you discipline your children or, um, things that have to do with money or safety, how do you allow your man to lead, but also still have an opinion? So when your man is bleeding in devotion to you in the masculine way in which I teach your feelings about his leadership and how his leadership makes you feel. So let's say Rick makes a decision financially that makes me feel really sad, worried, and upset. So I'm not just going to be quiet and become a doormat and he gets to make all the decisions. I'm going to unzip my heart and share my raw feelings with him. And it's his job to then change his leadership based on how I feel so that it's beneficial for both of us. So if I'm keeping everything under my hat and under my rug and zip my mouth and don't say anything, then he doesn't know. So you have to have a man who's able to hear your raw feelings, mm. but you're not trying to control him through that. You're just sharing how you feel. Mm. So that gets a little bit more nuanced, but the first thing is to notice where you're controlling in ways that don't need to be controlled. Cause a boundary might be like, no, you can't take our life savings and buy a boat, right? This might be a boundary, but like the onions is control, right? All these little things. And I had this aha moment. It's so funny. I realized when I first started my business, which was like seven years ago, and I would keep receipts at that point. I don't keep receipts to like Starbucks and stuff anymore, but I would be traveling and the guy behind the counter at Starbucks would be like, do you want your receipt? And there was something in me, and I didn't notice this then, but I know it now in doing my own healing work. There was something in me. I could not even receive the receipt from the guy. I would say no, even if I wanted the receipt, because I didn't want to have to take it from him. Hmm. It, is so, it sounds so silly, 
But it's just like another example. I was at Ikea getting a dresser for my daughter. And the guy said, do you need any help? I'm like, no. Like, why, why are we so quick to say, I don't need help? Cause like somehow me lifting an Ikea dresser, it makes me what better or like, I don't need help. Right. And I actually ended up needing help. So (laughs) my, one of my rules that I, and I have for myself and I help my one-to-one coaching clients do is start to say yes to the help. Mm -hmm. And then you sit in how that makes you feel. Right. Mm. This is so beautiful because it's a perfect representation of masculine feminine energies. Right. So the feminine is like, I mean, if we're going to talk men and women, but we all have masculine feminine, but we know that like women are anatomically designed to receive men are anatomically designed to give and how you receive one thing is how you receive everything. Right. And so this like pathway to abundance and love and an abundant life is noticing those nuances. Like you're saying of like, I see this a lot when I travel or someone will offer to help me with my bags and I'm like, no, no, I got it. And I'm like, why did you just say that? Just say yes, like receive support, love, all the things. And, you know, being able to do that in relationship too, I think is, is, powerful and, and helpful for women to actually see it. Cause how often do we just kind of get in our routine? And it's like, of course he took the garbage out. Like that's his quote unquote job, Mm -hmm. but to know that that's like a, that's a way of being supported because it's something that you don't have to do. Mm -hmm. Right. Totally. A hundred percent. And if, if I can't receive a receipt and if you Mm -hmm. can't receive help with your luggage, most men, and this is talking, if we're dating a good man and I, my definition of a, of a good man is like, he doesn't have addiction issues that are active. He's not being abusive. You know, he's not a sociopath or narcissist. Most men, and this is where I'm here to really turn the tables on this. There's so much the man hating that goes on. And I was actually one of those people. So I understand because it comes from a wounded place, Mm -hmm. but by and large, I know so many good men. I don't hang out with people who aren't good men. Rick's friends aren't terrible men. They're good men. My, my sister's husbands are great men. Men want to make their partner happy. Happiness is literally one of the number one things. If you were to ask any man, how important is your partner's happiness? They would always say, if they're a good man, it's very important to me. And so when the woman who's an alpha woman is in charge and barking orders and her warmth is really diminished, then he really is like, uh, she's not happy with me. His confidence decreases. His masculinity is like kind of shriveling because you're taking up that spot. You're in this power position. Mm. And because he wants to make you happy, if he sees you leading and barking orders and liking it seemingly, because that's just where you're comfortable he will take a step back. Mm. You could be in a relationship with a guy who could be leading you. This is the very real truth. Who could be leading you in a very beautiful way and holding you and cherishing you. And you're the one blocking it Mm -hmm. because you're so clinging to this position that you don't even want to be in Mm -hmm. out of safety and posturing for independence and the relinquishing of that and the igniting of your warmth is literally what starts to solve all of these issues. It's like this need to control, right? This overwhelming need to control. And what I'm hearing as you're saying that, like I can literally feel myself moving into like mom energy, which every woman hates the feeling of being a mom versus a partner. But I can see how 
by not having this awareness, that dynamic would start to over time, like shift, right? And then you have the guy that just doesn't talk and doesn't share his thoughts and doesn't have an opinion and shuts down. And then she's like, why don't you ever talk to me? We never connect. And he's like, well, you never really want to hear what I have to say, you know, and I can say, you won't even let me chop onions. Right? Why would I, why would I share with you what I think you're literally like harping on me and over my shoulder telling me I can't do anything right. And you don't, you clearly don't believe in me. So my confidence is decreased. So why would I share with you what I think and want to lead at all when I don't have confidence because you don't even let me chop onions. Mm. So you mentioned this concept of like unzipping your heart when we're talking Mm. about money or finances, or, you know, you gave that example of, of him making a financial decision. And what you didn't say was tell him what I think, what you did say was unzip my heart and tell him how I feel. Mm -hmm. And you've referenced this idea of warmth. So can you share a little bit more about the, the dynamic or the difference between telling you what I think and then unzipping your heart and telling you what I feel. Yeah. So a lot of women, because we're alpha and we're strong and we're very much in our head, I always do this like neck up living analogy. Um, I always talk about when you're living in the neck up position, it almost feels like when you walk into, you know, a pool that starts to get deeper and that water goes up, it's, you know, it's over your shoulders and now it's up to your chin. And this is how you walk around. You're literally like arrested and like, you know, stuck in this position, you can't even have this fluid free movement because you're afraid of drowning. So when you get into your body and you stop being so analytical and in your head and cognitive, which it really is a trauma response, right? Um, And when we stop doing that, we can get into our body, then we can start to say, what are my actual raw feelings without blame? Right. So Mm. if I were to say to Rick, like when we were building this house, there was a point where I was scared because we built this house from cash. So I was scared about the money we were spending. I I was actually crying at the dinner table and I got a little bit freaked out about it. And I just shared my raw feelings with him. So when a woman shares her raw feelings, the man is not going to know all about feelings. This is just not how men operate. And I don't expect Rick to know all about his feelings and never like, how does this make you feel? I, I don't care. I want to know what does this make you in your logic brain? Cause that's what you bring to the table. What do you think about this? What is the outcome that we're trying to work towards? Can you use what your masculine energy is the best at to come in here and even out my ability to feel mm. so men will feel your experience of feelings through you. Mm. So they, you can't meet him with more logic and more cognitive stuff. Cause that's what he's bringing to the table. Mm. And so he doesn't want to hear this like news report of like, first I did this today. Da, 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 and then this is what I think. This is what I think. This is what I, what I think about you and what you should do with the onions. And this is what I think it's, it's overwhelming. They want to hang out with and be with and cherish and adore a warm feminine woman. This isn't to say that I never share my thoughts or what's going on with my business with Rick, but if it's never complemented with Mm. what's going on in my body and how I'm experiencing his leadership, his decisions, our life, what I'm creating in my body, he can't connect to it. It's like Mm -hmm. talking to another guy. And so when we're doing the news reporter thing and we're just saying, oh, this is what I think, then it lays flat. It falls flat. They have nothing to grab onto. It's Mm -hmm. like two um, positive magnets or two uh, negative magnets. 
Right. And so again, it's this idea of the masculine meeting the masculine and, and that can be appropriate when you're talking about certain things and you do need to get down to like strategy that can be helpful. Right. Mm-hmm. But I can also see that you can like balance that out and kind of the yielding a little bit, like you were saying, and allowing him to lead of the tapping back into the feeling as well. Mm-hmm. I can see how powerful that would be and a really good, um, perspective shift. So let's talk from the guy's perspective for a Mm -hmm. second. So let's say there's, you know, some, there's men that listen to this podcast and they love the idea of an alpha female and they want to, you know, hold space for, or attract, or maybe they're in relationship with this woman who is stepping into her alpha-ness. How does Mm -hmm. he hold space for her to, um, feel safe? and expressed Mm -hmm. in the relationship, but also give her like, like hold space for her grandness, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. So Rick a hundred percent loves that. I have a successful business. He loves that we're in partnership in that way. We talk about that all the time because it's so much easier having a partner. You know, he was alone for so long. I was alone for so long. And we always talk about, God, it is so nice to have someone else who's also building a business. You get it you get the ups and downs, you know, he's been an entrepreneur and had his own business since he was 18, 19. So I love that. And he wouldn't want me to be anything other than the greatest, you know, rendition of who I truly am. So it's not that he doesn't like me being alpha. It's not that he doesn't like me running things, but, and he's never even consciously, he's not even consciously aware. Like if we were, if he were to be on this podcast, he is not a man of many words. He doesn't do personal development. So he would kind of be a little bit lost as to like what, but he just feels it. So this stuff happens when you get into your femininity and you're able to embrace your warmth and keep your alpha. So it's an elegant alpha. It's not going from armored alpha to demure, weak and codependent, right? That's not the goal. So being in this elegant alpha position it ignites in your man a natural propensity. Like they are compelled to lead. And the way that I describe this, and if you're a man listening to this and you're with an alpha woman and she is more of the leader, there's probably trauma somewhere in there with you about your masculinity, about you stepping into that power. And it's not a criticism. None of this that I'm saying is a criticism because we all have our own things, right? I mean, Everyone has their own trauma and issues. So with the man who's with an alpha female and she's the one who's in charge and he doesn't think that there's anything maybe wrong with it or she doesn't, I would say that if he was able to feel what it feels like to be with still an alpha woman, but one who embodies feminine warmth, it quite literally compels him to be more masculine. And when I say compels, this is what I'm talking about. Um, I always give this example. They took these birds who build these like certain nests, right? This is real story. They took them into captivity and they didn't give them what they normally have in the wild to build their nests. So they were just building them out of like cloths and whatever, and they weren't the normal nests, right? So then they brought them a couple of generations so that no one had experienced the wild. So like no one had been around the natural nest building material. Then they put them out in the wild and what happened? They went back to building the nest their normal way. So what does this say? We're talking about this instinctual thing that compels you. Another way of, um, if that doesn't resonate with you, it's like when I was 10, 
wasn't really thinking too much about sex or being intimate, right? But then you go through puberty and like, you know, when you're with a partner or whatever, when you're in your sexual prime, you're quite literally compelled, mm. unless you're asexual, which I, you know, it's not this podcast is about, but you're compelled, right? Like, I don't know what that is. I went from 10, couldn't have cared less about sex, didn't really have a lot of sexual things going on. And now as a woman, I literally crave that. It's part mm -hmm. of, like, I don't know what it is. And no one even, I went to a Christian school, so I never had sex ed, never had health class. My parents never had any sexual conversation with me ever. Somehow I figured out mm -hmm. where a penis goes. <laughs> so like, <laughs> I was compelled. It's like right. instinctual, right? Yes. It's for yes. procreation. Yeah. So I'm not talking about just this like, oh, this little like fun trick you can do and this secret sauce and whatever. I'm literally talking about as a man, even if you're with an alpha woman, learning these things. And if your woman were to embody these five layers of warmth that I've uncovered in my own journey, it would literally hold your confidence and, and like help you get so much more confident as a man, mm. that it would ignite in you this masculine impulse because you want to cherish and adore her because mm -hmm. of what you're getting from her. It, yeah. It's it's literally, it's not a choice. Yeah. It's just like the bird building the nest isn't a choice and me right. having sexual urges. It's not a choice. It literally is the most natural thing. So a man who's never experienced this, I would want to have him experience it because he would probably blow it would blow his mind right. with what would come out of him just like if I take an alpha woman and teach her someone who's been independent her warmth has maybe gone away because she's been so large and in charge and leadership you know and that warmth is gone that feminine nature is gone if I take her teach her about the five layers of warmth and how to embody it it's like me. I was like, Whoa, like I, mm -hmm. Oh, I thought I liked it that way. I thought it was okay. That doesn't even compare. And that's how I say our relationship with my relationship with Rick was always good. It went from good to like out of this freaking world. So for the women that are listening that are like, okay, I, I want to embody these five layers of warmth and I'm ready to feel more vulnerable with my partner and let him lead. Like what are those five layers or how do they even start? Yeah. So um, I have a course that's coming up about the five layers of warmth. It's called Cherished. And this is where I'll not only be teaching you about them, but how to embody them, right? It's not enough to just have the cognitive knowledge, right? But I have found that most alpha women, myself included, I need the cognitive information because I love to process information. I'm a book reader. I'm a note taker, multiple pen, colored pen user, um, I've got to have all, you know, the bases covered cognitively, and then we can work on embodying it. So these five layers of warmth, the first one is receiving. Mm. So we already talked about that, being able to receive and looking at all the reasons why we haven't been able to receive or we're currently uncomfortable receiving, right? Um, the next one is a recharge and, re and rest. So when we're able to recharge and rest, so we have this feminine energy then of just, I call it egg energy. Mm -hmm. so it sounds a little bit silly, but like when the egg is waiting for the sperm, she's not the one running around like crazy. It's the men who are doing that. They're doing the chasing. They're doing the, all that pursuing the egg is just kind of sitting there on her throne. Right. And so most times this is reversed. 
right? Mm -hmm. In the alpha woman, she's being the sperm energy and the guy who's like, I love my alpha woman doing everything for me. And I love sitting on my ass. Mm -hmm. Um, He has egg energy and this, and you know about this, this is why over time you start looking at that guy with egg energy and you're like, I'm not attracted to him yeah. anymore. Yeah. Like it's, it, it's an emasculate. It's almost like grody. Like yes. you know yeah. what I mean, like it starts to really get to you and you're like, I don't want to rip his clothes off anymore. There's nothing about it. And it's kind of gross. Yeah. So, um, learning how to embody that egg energy in this recharge and rest layer. The next one we're talking about unzipping our heart with raw feelings. Mm. I say raw feelings and not feelings because we're going to take away the blame. There's no blame. We're owning our feelings and really feelings only happen like in our body. So this is why I said like connecting, how is this making me feel in my body? So my man can understand that because he's not going to understand um, a video dissertation of cognitive beliefs and all these thinking things with like news, news article cast. He, he doesn't care. <laughs> he wants to know what's going on in your body. The next layer is going to be about relinquishing control and looking at why is control something that is so needed for you that you're willing to tell your man how to chop onions in the kitchen when it, a, it doesn't really matter and B, um, he's more than capable. Otherwise, why, why did you choose him? Like if he can't chop onions, you should probably not be with him. <laughs> the last layer is to me the most important layer. And this is the layer of respect. When we start to really infuse respect into how we look at our partner, talk to our partner, address our partner, what we say in response to what they're saying, this respect, and this is probably the most important one for a man to feel from his woman, will ignite his confidence. And when that's intact and when that's really you know, exploding, then that is the thing that ignites this masculine impulse, this, that he's compelled to cherish and adore you. So when there is a disrespect and when in, in my program and what I talk about with my clients is what we think is respect, it's really something totally different because we're like, yeah, I mean, I would have said, yeah, I always respect my partner, right? But there's very subtle things like chopping onions in the kitchen where like it's emasculating. Like, how do you expect your partner to really feel like he has the ability to lead if you're correcting him chopping onions, mm -hmm. right? You're just mm -hmm. taking that confidence and like squashing it, even if you don't think you're doing it. So this respect part really looks at deeper layers that to a man are disrespectful, but to you, you're just trying to help. Yeah, I'm just trying to help you. Right. Chop onions the right way, according to my standard. Totally. And so <laughs> these things, they all start with R, as you realize, probably there's five layers. They all start with R. And I like to say that when these are all present and they're all working in tandem and synergistically, the results in your relationship, like if you roll your R's, like, you know, Spanish, like, like yeah. that, that like sexy, that's what it feels like. Mm. When those aren't present, all those R's in a row, what you get is like a, mm -hmm. you're feeling like that. Your man is feeling like that. And that sexiness is not really freely flowing in your relationship. Mm, so powerful. So for those women that are like, okay, I need more of you in my life. Like I'm ready to dive in and they want more information on Cherish. Where can they go to enroll or to, to connect with you? Yeah. So I'll give you the link for that so they can have it in the show notes, right? 
Um, but it's going to be jessicadscott.com slash cherished. That's the wait list. And um, that's going to be launching very soon in a couple of weeks. And the wait list is going to, if you're on that, you'll have first dibs to early bird pricing. It's only going to be available on the wait list as well as um, a couple of VIP spots. Mm, and I know this is going to be like so juicy. Like I just, just from having the couple of conversations that you and I've had, I've had so many breakthroughs and things I've put into practice that have worked in such awesome. a cool way. So you guys can check out the link in the show notes if you want more information on that. Okay. So I'm curious about partnership in business because I know there's people listening that uh, build network marketing teams with their significant other or they're co like they're co-building an actual business together. So how do you still stay in this like alpha female role, but yet you're in a business setting or a work setting with your partner? Like, is that like, are there clear boundaries that you set and you're just like boss mode? And then like, do you transition into partner mode? Like, how does that work? Yeah. Um, so I don't build with Rick, so I don't have personal um, experience with this one. But what I would say mostly is it's kind of a little bit of the same, like I am Scarlett's parent and Rick is not Scarlett's dad, step parent, right? When we get married. And so there's a little bit of like dancing between who's, you know, he, he, that's not her real dad. So like, am I the one in charge? How is it's It's kind of a little bit convoluted in there. And so the main thing is to make sure that you are making space for and receptive of your partner's contributions and what he has to say. If you're not going to take the advice or if you want to talk about it, that's fine. But if your partner starts to feel like edged out and that, you know, like that is so stupid, which even if you're not saying it, the energy of like, that is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Mm. It literally will take his, you know, confidence and shrink it down. And then you're not going to get the best of him. You're not going to hear the good ideas that he does have to contribute, which over time then leads him to not contribute. And then you're like, oh, what is this emasculated guy that I'm with? I can't even stand it and get out of my, just move so I can do it. Mm -hmm. And then that further perpetuates this thing. So it's really making space to hear what he has to say. A couple of key phrases are like, what do you think? I ask Rick this all the time. I don't ever ask him how he feels. But I am always saying, what do you think? And the reason why I love this is because I do care about what he thinks. He always thinks in a different way that I do. He's so brilliant in ways that I am not. And so I just defer and say, what do you think? Even about things that I can totally make the decision on my own. We were heating up food the other night. What do you think? We're going on a, a trip with my sister. We got offered to go to an Airbnb with her. And I brought it up and said, what do you think? And it gives them such confidence mm -hmm. to share openly because the alpha woman normally is like, I don't give a crap what you think. This is what I'm doing. And I'm comfortable making decisions and leading without you. A man needs to have a role. If they mm. don't have a role to fulfill, and we talked about this before, it's like buying a golden retriever or like a bloodhound to be a hunting dog. And they're like, so excited. They, they're like <laughs> a job dog, you know, a border collie. They're so smart and they have to have a role to fill. If you had a bloodhound or a hunting dog, and then you put them in like a little dog stroller and just touted them around, that dog would be really depressed. And you'd be like, what's wrong with this dog? Mm. They're, you know, men are not meant to be lap dogs. They need to fulfill that role. But if you're never asking, 
what do you think? Or you're not having this respect and you're not able to receive it. Mm. You're not going to get the best at your man who's a good man. Otherwise you wouldn't be with him has to offer such good perspective. And even like the phrases of like, that is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Or like, why would you do that? Like that. I sometimes catch myself saying those things. And I'm like, how would that feel coming the other way? Like, how would I receive that? And what would it do for me? Yeah. And even if the uh, energetics behind it isn't meant to hurt someone's feelings, right? It's just noticing like, where am I being harsh? Like you were saying earlier, like, mm-hmm. is this armor? Like, do I need to be this harsh? Can I be a little bit more kind or considerate or softer or warmer mm-hmm. or even more rounded with my words? Right. Yeah. And say, and and really like feel into that, um, has been a huge eye opener for me. So yeah, mm-hmm. thank you so much for sharing that this episode. Like I'm like geeking out over it, as you know, cause I'm like <laughs> taking notes over here and thinking like, wow, so many women are going to be mind blown. And I think a lot of men are really going to have a lot of permission from this too, to, to understand like where their woman is coming from. Mm-hmm. Right. And if she is speaking to him mm-hmm. this way and she's not coming from a place of warmth, that it is an opportunity for him to see within himself, like, where can I create a safer environment for her? Mm-hmm. Or how can I explain to her how this makes me feel, mm-hmm. you know, and like open that container. 100%. And I think, I know for me, like when I think back on my marriage and some of the dynamics there, it was really about, I think as a woman in general, like why it's so important to have a man that leads you is you want to feel safe. And vulnerability, like being able to be vulnerable with a man is the thing that creates connection, right? And if you don't Mm -hmm. feel like you can feel safe, then there's a cap to how vulnerable you can be, right? Right. And every alpha woman wants, I think a true alpha Mm -hmm. still wants to know that she's safe and protected and doesn't have to do it herself. Like, right. Like how cool would it be to know that I can protect myself, but I don't have to, because I have someone else to take care of that for me. Oh, Yeah. Sign me up. It's so huge. We actually, um, not in this house, but our last house before this was built, I was, uh, with a client and I was home alone. We live, we live out in the middle of nowhere in the country and someone actually came in my house. This is such a crazy story. Someone came in my house. I thought it was my nanny and my daughter. This was two years ago, but I was listening and I thought like, who is that? I thought I heard them talking. And so I said to my client, hold on a minute. Cause I got to go check this out. Came out of my office. And there were two women standing in my house. This is so scary, right? They acted like they were there to clean, even though like I didn't have a cleaning crew at that time. And I was so freaked out. We kept our doors unlocked and uh, which we don't know. (laughs) Um, So I was so scared by this. I ended up calling Rick. I called Scarlett's dad and told, told him about it. I was so scared. And then later that night, Rick kind of wasn't acting like anything. It was kind of like, eh, whatever, like it's over, you know? And I was so scared. Even the next day I was scared, even though we had called the police, I was scared to be in the house by myself. Cause I was like, what if they were like casing the joint and coming back? Like all these like thoughts as a woman were going through my head. Right. And so I told Rick later that night that I was, I was sad. I was upset. Um, at his response, you know, and I didn't know how to communicate as well as I do now. So I wasn't saying it in a warm way, but he was really surprised actually that I was wanting more care and that I was wanting more protection response from him. Cause he's like, that is news to me because you always act like you got it. Mm. And in that moment I was like, oh yeah. Like how would he know that I want to be caretaken for 
or protected or that I would want that masculineness, whatever that is, that I can't supply for myself or I could, but it would take so much brawn and so much of my energy. And that's not what I'm here for. And that was, that was two years ago. So that was like a huge clue into like, oh, wait, I'm giving off the wrong vibe here, mm-hmm. unbeknownst to me. Mm-hmm. I'm connecting so many dots in my head right now of like just having been on dates and being like, no, you don't need to walk me home. I'm fine. Just like little things like that of yeah. like, like, even though I feel like I am totally fine, I'm seeing this, like, it's almost like a gift that you give to a man to just allow them to feel that way, even though you don't need it. It's like, will you please walk me home? Or yes, I actually do need help with this. Would you please come help me? It is a gift, a good man. So when I was in Ikea (laughs) and I had to get someone to put it on my cart and then I went to the car and I could not lift these boxes. Melissa, I could not, I was literally trembling. I was trembling because I could not lift these boxes. So I had to actually ask another guy in the parking lot for help. And when you're talking about a good man, I want you to think of like a yeah. handful of good men. They're like happy to help. Yeah. You know, if Rick was in the Ikea parking lot and some woman said, excuse me, I can't lift these boxes. Could you help? He's not going to be like, you stupid idiot, weakling. Like, no, they're a good man is happy to fill that role. Even if it's just in passing at Ikea, it doesn't mean weakness. And when we keep saying, no, I don't need you to walk me home. I don't need you to protect me. I don't need that. I don't need that. I don't need, I don't need, even need you to chop my onions. I got it. Mm. Then what do we expect from them? Mm-hmm. We're taking these good men and we're literally sneering at and rolling mm-hmm. our, you know, the side of our lip up at their gifts. Mm-hmm. And then we're like, why are men not doing anything for us? Why is he not leading? I'm like, cause you just yelled at him last week about the onions. Right. Right. Well, and it, it brings forward this idea of the difference between need and want. Right. And I, this is something that I've been navigating through um, dating and just noticing uh, codependency and past relationships and, and mm-hmm. whatnot. And it's like men um, like, like you don't need him to protect you or to do those things. You want him to mm-hmm. show up and serve and protect you and help you. And that's a totally different energy. Right. So yeah. if you're constantly in this, mindset of need. Like I don't need him. I don't need anything. I don't need support. I don't need help. Then you'll never, ever get what you want. Mm -hmm. And I I would say even, and this is going to be a bold statement and a lot of people probably don't agree with it, but I would say that I we're not wanting to say need because we don't want to be needy. Right. Mm -hmm. And so we say like, I, I don't need it. I want it. But I would say in my life, I've come to the point where I do need it. I do need Rick to fulfill that masculine role that takes so much energy for me to fulfill. Cause I've done it. I've been the single mom. I can do it, but I need a man to do it so I can embody my femininity mm-hmm. and I can so really, really be so much stronger because it's almost like if Rick's trying to embody femininity, he could do that, you know, but it's not, it's going to create so much excess energy. It's going to, it's forced, right? Yes. So instead of me saying like, I don't need Rick, I want him. I would say that's probably a good like bridge to get to where we need to be. Um, But ultimately the women that I work with, they come to this point where they aren't afraid to say, I need a man. I need this. Yeah. I need a man to do what a man is here to do. And a man looks at that and goes like, 
a good man who's not controlling and not abusing and not domineering goes, thank you for needing me because I need your warmth. Mm, that's so beautiful. That's mm-hmm. such a beautiful perspective. And yeah, and there's no shame in that. Right. And yeah. it's, it's knowing it's like, again, going back into the, the neck up perspective, mm-hmm. this like, you know, cerebral part, it's like, know your resources and know what's going to help you be the most effective version of you. And as an alpha woman, like what tools do you have available to allow you to rise into your highest perspective or your highest, you know, expression. And if that's a strong masculine energy, then you need that. Totally. And I I will say, since I've embodied this, I have never felt better. Um, Mm -hmm. I've never had better sex. (laughs) I've never had such a great connection. I mean, I love Rick more every day. Like I, I, it it blows my mind. Mm. Um, and it's not ever, uh, fading because I'm, he's not ever keeping on embodying more femininity and we're not in that role reversal. It's like every day is so delicious because we're really embodied in the energy that helps one another be the best person. I love this. Thank you so much for the work that you're doing and just for embodying your own gifts and being the representation of, you know, what it really does look like to be an alpha woman that gets to be cherished by an incredible good man and Mm -hmm. how men can really honor this sacred feminine and give us the space to rise because yeah, women in power that are doing it from an aligned, healed, light perspective. Oh Oh my gosh. Like we need that. We need it. Totally. Totally. We need that masculine too. Like we need both. Yeah. We need them both. We could do a whole podcast episode on how like (laughs) the divine feminine that's in this role can heal the divine masculine. That might be like part two, right? Totally. So for those that want to um, follow you, where's the best place for them to to connect? Uh, So I'm on Instagram, Jessica Scott, and it's S-C-O-T-T. And I'm on Instagram stories a lot. And then I've got my free Facebook group called Alpha Woman Society. I go live on Fridays. I've got one at 1.30 Central Standard Time today. And the community in there is really awesome because it's all alpha women. So we all have that same fabric to us. We're all loud and in charge and we're comfortable in leadership, but we really want to get that relationship we've always wanted. Amazing. And if you guys love this episode, make sure you share it to your stories, tag Jessica, let her know what your biggest takeaway was. I I have so many, I, this is going to be like one of my favorite episodes to come back to and, and bookmark. Okay. So last question, you can go as big and as bold as you want and go for as long as you want full permission uh, for full expression. What are you celebrating right now? I am celebrating the fact that this work that I do has taken my relationship to uh, out of this world. I was just telling um, my best friend who you know, which is Melissa Lapidus. I think she's been on the podcast this morning that I'm just mind blown at what happens when an alpha woman learns how to embody that femininity and Mm -hmm. what a gift it really is. I, I never grew up knowing that relationships or marriage, I never actually wanted to get married. I've never been married. Neither has Rick. I never knew that relationships could be so edifying and nourishing because I never really saw examples of it. So I never really understood like why anyone would get married. And what I have heard and what is so rife on social media is like making fun of men and how men are so stupid and you know, they don't get it. And just this whole disgusting dynamic. And so I never wanted any of that. I'm like, I'll just, 
you know, I'll raise my daughter by myself. It'll just be me and her and I'll rock it out in the business. And I don't need a stupid man in my space weighing me down. Right. And so what I've discovered and what I'm so grateful for is that all of those things I thought about marriage and relationships, that's not the way that it has to be. And I, I'm just, I literally sat in my bed today. Scarlett is at her dad's Brooks at work. I was in my robe and coffee and I was sitting there and I just said a little prayer saying, thank you, God. Like, thank you so much for this relationship and this man who has through his silent leadership really shown me it's okay to relax. It's okay to be cared for. I mean, it literally gives me goosebumps. I just, I'm so grateful. And so that's what I'm celebrating. I love that. That's so beautiful. I hope that you will um, play that for him. If I'm sure he hears it all the time, but mm. that was just so beautifully said. So thank, thank you. you, Jessica, so much for your light and for your gifts. And until the next episode, guys, live your boldly courageous life. Thank you so much for living your boldly courageous life with me today. I am beyond grateful for you and this amazing community we are building together. It's truly my mission to get this message out into the world and empower others to step fully into the life they've always dreamed of. I would be so incredibly grateful if you would join me in this mission by sharing this episode with your friends and heading over to iTunes to leave me a five-star review. And until the next episode, remember to live your boldly courageous life. Bye.